we are pleased to be joined by Brian Matthews of Auburn Rivals. And uh, Brian, a lot to get to today. I know it's baseball season. We got spring ball. I uh, got some basketball news as well, but hope you're doing well here on this Thursday afternoon. I'm doing great. And always good to be in with you guys, talk a little Auburn sports. Yes, sir. Let's start with the big news of today before getting to some baseball, and that is, uh, of course, Devin Cambridge hitting the transfer portal. Uh, was this? Did this catch anyone around Auburn off guard? Uh, not really, and I don't think that'll be the last um, player to transfer out. I just think, um, you know, first of all, it's it's the way things are now, and uh, you look at a guy like Devin, um, it'll be his fourth year next year, probably not going to be a starter again, and uh, so from his perspective, it um, makes sense to um, you know transfer him for a place where maybe he can get more playing time, more minutes, and his starting job possibly, and, and for Auburn, um, you know, I think they're in the process of, of building another uh, team next year that can compete for an SEC championship and maybe make a little bit better run in the NCAA tournament. And I think to do that, they've got to have uh, some more shooters on this team, some some more guys that can be uh, more consistent in three-point range. And, Brian, you briefly mentioned the Auburn basketball team as a whole just now. Of course, they lost Miami in the round of 32, but kind of putting you on the spot here, if you could describe this Auburn basketball team from this past season in one word, what would that be? Um, thrilling. I just, uh, I absolutely loved uh, covering Auburn this season. Um, not just on the court stuff, but all the stuff that happened off the court with the, the post-game memes, the Peacocks, you know, the down to Neville Arena and, and, and um, Jungle City, you know, everything that went on around and, uh, this program, along with covering, you know, a guy like Jabari Smith and this team, and you know, seeing them win only the fourth SEC championship in, in school history, I just think, um, uh, to me, this team overachieved uh, during the regular season and probably underachieved a little bit in the postseason. But looking back on it, they weren't, um, uh, they just weren't built well for a postseason run, in my opinion, not quite. And so, of course, this season coming to an end as the Sweet 16 and, and Elite Eight start this weekend, but. Uh, I'm sure we'll have a lot more Auburn basketball news uh, throughout the spring as transfer portal and oh, yeah. more recruiting items get uh, get up to speed as well. So, so let's uh, let's go to baseball, Brian. A wacky one in Montgomery a couple nights ago. Um, talk about that one because that's a game having to get through uh, rain delays, trying to beat more rain coming, and it's a midweek game, so you don't love to have to burn. I think nine pitchers, but ultimately <laughs> Auburn comes out on top. Yeah, it was delayed an hour, and the game lasts over four hours. So, yes, it is not what they were looking to do uh, midweek. Um, you know, there were some good things in it. Uh, Auburn got behind, I think it was 6 nothing, and battled back to win against a South Alabama team that came in on a seven-game winning streak. Uh, so this is a team that uh, has got some toughness to them, some mental toughness uh, to do that, uh, especially doing it away from home. Uh, in a situation where, you know, there's a big storm headed your way, too. Uh, so, so I thought um, at the plate, I, th- I think Auburn has continued uh, to hit the ball well, and they've had guys stepping up and other guys, you know, sort of uh, slump a little bit. You know, Mike Bellow is a guy, a freshman, that stepped in in the outfield and just been terrific. I think he's batting over 500 over the last week or so. So um, uh, things are going really well in that area. On the other side, side of the coin, the pitching has just sort of fallen to pieces other than, you know, maybe two or three guys. And, um, you know, maybe it's just one of those things and they'll bounce back this weekend. It takes a and we'll see. 
but I think that is an area of concern. You know, they don't really have an established, proven, reliable number one or number two starter on the team right now. Um, Oscar Gonzalez um, will not uh, be I – don't, I don't think he made the trip. He's not going to pitch this weekend. And, uh, you know, they're going to have to try, um, you know, some more inexperienced weekend guys to see if they can get them through it and then see if, um, you know, Blake Burkhalter can maybe win a game for him at some point this, this weekend or, uh, you know, maybe somebody in the bullpen will step up for him. Brian, I want to look at the you, – you briefly mentioned it there. I want to look at this Texas A&M series. You've got Hayden Mullins going tomorrow night for the Tigers yep. and Trace Bright on Saturday, and they've got TBA on Sunday. With Gonzalez out, who do you think they, they're going to throw in there on Sunday? Well, I think that depends on a lot what happens Friday and Saturday. Um, I know they would, you know, love to be able to save their bullpen as much as possible, which is probably not going to happen. Um, but, you know, to – to get a guy like Carson Skipper, you know, to Sunday and have him start would be like the ideal thing to happen. But if they're in a tight game in the, you know, the fifth or sixth inning and they need to go to the bullpen, I think they would probably make the decision to go to him, you know, if they're leading. Uh, because, you know, Carson and, um, and, uh, uh, sorry, uh, the closer, I just, I just mentioned him. Uh, Calter? Yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, Berkey are, are really their two best pitchers right now, the two most reliable guys. So if they're in a situation to win a game, uh, they'll use both those guys if they need to. Uh, if not, if they can get to Sunday, uh, they would love to start, uh, uh, you know, uh, Brooks and, and see what can happen. And then, Brian, I want to look at the, the hitting. You know, coming into the season, you started out, DeShera was just on fire, and then he went down for a few games. He was out. But Blake Rambush has really stepped up, and especially stepped up in a big way when, when uh, DeShera was out there for a little bit. Talk about uh, how, how well Blake Rambush has played to start this season and as starting SEC play. Yeah, I think he's on a 9- or 10-game hitting streak right now. Really is the perfect leadoff hitter. You know, does everything right, gets deep into counts. Uh, can hit the ball to you know any, any field. Um, is a good two strike hitter. Um, uh, danger on the base paths. You know he's just a perfect guy to have him lead up up roll. And uh, Sonny share is a perfect you know number three power hitter. I mean he just he makes contact with the ball and it just flies off his bat. And um, he does not strike out very much. He gets good at bats almost every single game. He gets any any type of pitcher. Uh, you know, so those guys are really doing some good things at the top of the order, along with several other guys. I mean, Auburn's, you know, really um, top to bottom swinging the bats pretty good right now. You know, even Bobby Pierce, who comes off the bench against um, South Alabama, has two big hits, I think, uh, in the latter half of that game. Um, so, you know, they're getting a lot of production out of the, out of the starting uh, lineup and out of the bench. And then, Brian, one other thing uh, with baseball. You came off of last weekend's series, uh, or SEC opener series. You took one from the number one team in the country. Obviously, you, we, we've heard uh, Butch Thompson talk over the years. The In SEC play, he likes to win two at home, one on the road. But you got one against the number one team last weekend at home, and it, it was a very emphatic win last week. What ultimately do you think they want to accomplish in Texas A&M? Because you know, every, every weekend is a battle in the SEC, but Texas A&M is not one of the premier clubs that we've seen them in the past. Do you think they're aiming to win the series down there this weekend, or do you think uh, Butch Thompson would be fine? with just one oh i think they're they're going a lot to win this series um you know that 
this um, schedule gets much, much tougher as we move forward. I think it's at LSU next weekend, as a matter of fact. So, um, you know, this is a series that is winnable. Auburn played out in Texas to open the season. Uh, you know, so it won't be totally um, uh, new to them to travel that far for a, for a series. So, um, but yeah, this is a series that uh, you know, Texas A&M's a good, solid ball club, absolutely. And Auburn could easily lose this series, but I think it's also a winnable series even on the road. It's just a matter of can Auburn get some consistent, solid starting pitching, and uh, you know, if they can get late into a game, you got to like the chances for Burke. And uh, let's talk a little bit of football with you now, Brian, as we go through spring ball a day coming up in a few weeks. Uh, we saw the transfer portal announcement of D. Davis a couple of days ago. That one not going to surprise many as well. What's your sense on how the quarterback race is shaping up? I know that question will probably be asked to you at least 15 more times before the start of the actual football season. But just uh, just update us on what you feel the uh, the current situation is there. Well, I think tomorrow's scrimmage is going to be big for that whole group. And, um, you know, I'd expect uh, all four of the remaining scholarship uh, guys to get uh, a number of reps in that. But, you know, from the windows we've been out there and seen it, uh, you know, to me it's um, Zach Calzada, TJ Finley, you know, definitely one, two. And I've been really impressed with what I've uh, seen from Holden Garner. Uh, I, I just think he's a freshman that has all the tools, you know, maybe not ready to go out there and be a full-time starting SEC yet, but you can see that potential absolutely. Um, and, you know, D, uh, he just seems really inconsistent when, I, when I've seen him. Now we only see little bits and pieces, about 20 minutes or so. Uh, but he really struggled with his, um, his accuracy. And you know, I've seen Robbie do some good things, and I've also seen him uh, struggle to make certain throws. So we'll just see how you know, he offers something those other three don't, and that's his uh, tremendous athleticism. So uh, maybe he could fit in a different way than the other three quarterbacks. But uh, I think it can still be a good battle. You know, Zach is still – you know, um, limited a little bit uh, by his uh, non-throwing shoulder the surgery had on that. But other than that, I expect it to be a, a fairly tight race and probably not decided until sometime in the fall. And sticking with offense, Brian, I'm curious to know your thoughts of the receivers and how Ike Hilliard has worked with the receivers. Like, what are your thoughts about how Hilliard's handled the receivers so far? Well, I think they went out and got a terrific coach. Uh, and I kill you. I mean, his experience speaks for itself, right? So, you know, I don't think there's any question these guys are going to be coached up as well as you can. Uh, and, and from what I've seen from Ike, he, he does well. You know, he's not out there trying to teach these guys all advanced, you know, NFL moves yet. He, he's taking them at their own pace. And uh, I think he's what I can see of him, and that's just a little bit, you know, but um, he really relates well to these guys, which is not surprising. You know, he's, he was a star at Florida. I can certainly remember how good he was on those Steve Spurrier fun and gun teams back in the day. But, you know, as far as Auburn's wide receivers as a whole, uh, they, you know, they're probably a little short on talent, to be honest with you. And um, but they'll have to make up for that uh, by doing a lot of things right. And, uh, you know, maybe there's an opportunity uh, for Auburn to add some help in the transfer portal. They could certainly use it in that position. Brian, if you could talk a little bit uh, about a guy who got on the field a little bit last year but didn't contribute very much that uh, it just, from what you have seen, looks to be bigger, faster, stronger, uh, and has a chance to to really contribute on the field this year. Hmm, that is an interesting question. Um, you know, I'd say that Dylan Brooks, I've watched the edge a little bit. 
And I would say that Derek Hall is one of the most impressive players I've seen in my two decades of going to practices, just his work ethic and his leadership out there. I mean, I could talk this entire segment just about him, but um, Echo Leota also looks good out there, but Auburn desperately needs depth as position. Uh, so I think he's the guy that can help out. I'm, I'm not saying he's a polished product. He's ready to step in and, you know, get seven or eight sacks next year. Uh, but it looks like he's making a, a move there and getting better. And then uh, sticking with the defensive line, I, I think that Tobetio Coley is a guy that's really stepped up. Uh, we talked to Marcus Harris, I think it was, yeah, it was yesterday, and he really uh, talked up O'Coley and, and what he's done, um, you know, in practice in the offseason, really putting on weight. Um, so. I think that's a guy to watch on the defensive line that could help out. Um, you know, that, that uh, Richard last year really didn't play much. Talking with Brian Matthews here of Auburn Rivals. And, and Brian, busy time of year for you. Uh, what do you and the guys have at, at Auburn Rivals here over the next few weeks? Well, of course, we'll catch up with uh, Brian Harson tomorrow evening around 6.30 after the scrimmage. Uh, we'll have full coverage of, of baseball. And of course, softball is off to a great start, too. And uh, continuing to cover recruiting and the transfer portal for basketball and football. I think there's going to be a lot of comings and goings in that area uh, over the next week or so. And, of course, I think basketball is really pushing hard for some um, really talented uh, transfers and uh, possibly freshman recruits, too. Some some guys, uh, Johan Trehori, of course, that uh, has left LSU, or is leaving LSU, and um, is certainly a, a player that I would love to add to this class. Well, Brian, we appreciate the time as always. Wish you well here. Is uh, like I said, busy time of year. I don't know if it gets much more busier than this time, where three different sports kind of uh, have to get a, a good amount of attention. But we appreciate the time and hope to speak with you again soon. I appreciate. It. Thanks for having me.